Garfield Japan. Jesus, Tom. Was that wild turkey? No. Are you drinking wild turkey, Tom? You said you wouldn't. Damn turkey, it. Tom. That's what I order at Jimmy John's. That's right. <laughs> well, 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 you, you want to think? No, 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 no. It's no, the number, no. It's the number four. Boys. It's this one. Yeah. My does, does, God. My, does, my, does my mic sound too loud? No, it's no not at all. Okay, cool. What? Why do we have to do these things? Like, why do we have to like say like I'm drinking this and like you know why does it have to go from camera to camera? Okay, Tom. Sorry. Tom, we'll slow your words in a little bit later. Tom, we're good. Tom, okay, Johnny, you ready? Yeah. Ready. Yo, what's up, Peters? Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Guy Fitted Japan. I am your host, Johnny, and I'm Tom Tom Tokyo, and I'm Jeremy Deschner. That's right. And as you fine folks know, Got Fitted Japan is about three dudes. Booze. Japan and the news. That's right, faders. And tonight we've got something very special. Very special indeed, because right now we're actually doing the podcast at 2 o'clock in the morning. But for somebody that we're talking to, it's not 2 o'clock at all. I think it's like maybe 8, 9 o'clock in the morning or something, because we are doing the podcast with the one, the only, the lovely and hilarious Esther Koo. Esther Koo, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. I'm sorry I'm not drinking any booze right now. I didn't know to come prepared. It's okay. <laughs> Tom's drinking enough for all of us. Awesome. <laughs> it's lit. I have a one-year-old child. Drink as much as you want. Sorry. Apologies. Uh-oh, let's call Child Protective Services right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she, got me. she got me. She got me good. She did. And Faders, this is episode number 574. And um, before we get started with our interview, I do have to thank all of our listeners in Omen, Thailand, Canada, Taiwan, and Australia. We just got your stats and we are high in the comedy sector. So thank you very much for loving the show. And we love you too. Fade on, Faders. And without further ado, Esther, we've got so many questions for you. And um, I'm just going to start off. I'm just going to start off with just one basic question. How are you enjoying your quarantine? I'm loving quarantine, and part of me doesn't even want it to end. I'm like, I I love it. I like I like reading books. I don't, you know, I'm like, like I'm needy that I need an audience. But like, if it's for the sake of like the safety of all the old people in the world, I can stay inside. I'm not like, oh my god, I need to like go on stage and like kill people. <laughs> <laughs> with my droplets so i actually don't mind it i've been following the news since february and i bought gloves and masks at home depot in february back when the shelves were lined with n95s and once i saw that shanghai 
and Hong Kong were under quarantine, I was like, holy shit, this is headed over to the States. Oh, in yeah. no time. Look at how many Chinese people are here. They're going to bring it over here. And it's so contagious. I thought I went to Walmart and bought like boxes and boxes of cereal to like eat for the next few months. And, uh, and luckily it's not, you know, I haven't gotten it. I, um, I've been super careful. So awesome. I take my health very seriously. Very cool. So, Hey, you've got like a thing going on right now called Korean teened, right? Like what's that all about? Oh, yeah. So then I was like, you know what? I can't do shows right now. Let me just kind of put together a little online show for people online, which I should be doing anyway, even not during quarantine. So I put together this little show called Korean Teen, where I do like a late night set on drums and post it online with a little laugh track. So that's been fun to work on. And it keeps, you know, I'm already reading the news. So why not? Just like you guys. Right, right, right. <clears throat> so like you play drums and stuff like how long have you been doing that no i just started i don't i don't know how to play drums i <laughs> i just uh i just this is one of the things that like i wanted to learn during quarantine and i love music i play guitar piano ukulele and so i was like uh i think drums would be fun because drummers are always like the cool people in the band wow you're like a one-person partridge family huh. <laughs> <clears throat> so. Are you doing comedy at all? Yeah. Doing any kind of like Zoom or Skype comedy? Or are you doing any kind of like um, the garage shows? Or um, Burt Kreischer, he's actually doing, um, what's he doing? He's doing uh, drive-ins, right? Are you doing anything like that? Well, unfortunately, I'm not as popular as Burt Kreischer is. He's No, super... don't say that. He No, he's blown up with his Netflix show. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, up. and his specials, which is amazing. He's He's such a nice guy and he's so funny. Um, uh, I haven't done any drive-in shows. They kind of terrify me because like car horns honking and you can't hear the laughter. Um, I am producing a show in Miami at an outdoor venue. So oh, nice. I feel lucky that, that the weather is so nice here that we can do outdoor shows and people aren't freezing. Beach shows, yeah. Well, not beach shows. There's a um, part of town called Wynwood in Miami that's kind of like the Williamsburg, the Bushwick of uh, Miami. It's very artsy, a lot of uh, murals and graffiti and um, very like hipstery, right? So they have, there's this one um, place called Smart Bites. They have a huge patio. They actually grow hemp and stuff. So it's, it's, uh, it'll be cool. People can just like smoke and laugh. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. <clears throat> so speaking of Brooke Kreischer, he's actually been on the show when he came out to Japan and the t on his uh, travel channel on his travel channel show. And that guy, I have to say, is absolutely hysterical. He's amazing to drink with. He is he's actually a hero of mine. And uh, hanging out with him was absolutely amazing. It was like a dream come true. And I must ask, have you ever worked with him? Um, yes, I have. Oh my God. Have you read his book? It is hilarious. I read it in like one sitting. Oh my gosh. I um, read it. Yeah. He reader. actually, he actually had me on his podcast and we had a blast and, um, I've done shows with him and he's just, he's so funny and he's so nice. Like he's an animal. Super cool. He's the machine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> have you worked with, you've worked with Bobby Lee too, right? Yes. Oh my God. We're all big Bobby Lee fans. We love oh, yeah. Bobby Lee. Oh my God. Bad Bobby TV's our favorite. Oh yeah. Oh my God. He's so funny, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's so funny. And he is like the nicest person also. You know, it's like these people who are so funny and so secure in their career. I think it speaks volumes that they're not, that they're nice to people because why, you know, if you're like talented and you know it, then you don't have to be like nasty to people. Yeah, no, no, he's a sweetheart too, I think. Yeah, totally. I completely agree. Anyway, we're, we're here talking to you, so we want to talk about you. How did you get into to comedy? Um, you know, I started out writing on my high school newspaper, actually. Oh. And I, I thought I wanted to be a journalist when I was in high school because I enjoyed writing. And I took a journalism class and like our class, we put out the newspaper like every other Wednesday and I would start writing jokes and I would watch Animaniacs and, you know, they have um, that part in Animaniacs, good idea, bad idea. Yeah. So I came up with my own. I put thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs up, having Esther Koo in your class, thumbs down, having Esther Koo in every class. And so I kind of used it as a way for like self-promotion, but also just like to try out jokes and write funny articles and kids at school came up to me and was like, oh, I always read your articles first. It's so funny. And so my confidence grew from just getting that feedback. And then um, at school, like, it's like, I was always making people laugh and taking those risks and blurting things out in class and being like the bad kid class clown without the, um, without the trouble that I got into. Cause it's like, it was always like a kid like Sean or, you know, Somebody Fucking that looks Sean. like you guys. Fucking Sean would also be a class clown, but he would get in trouble, whereas I look like a goody two-shoes. So I would blurt things out and everybody would laugh, but Sean would still get in trouble. And I never got in trouble, really. I mean, besides for laughing, but um, but I was just, I just learned to take risk and to blurt stuff out. And, and then teachers were, were like, oh, you're so funny. You should be a comedian. And I was just like, okay, I'm a comedian. So you started off as a heckler. <laughs> yeah, I heckled my teachers. <laughs> exactly. How how did that progress from like just being a class comedy? Being like, you know what? Maybe I could take this on the road. Um, I think when you hear so many people telling you like you're good at it, that you just when you're young, you're just so full of confidence and arrogance and I just always wanted to do it. Then I, then I got a job. Um, I was reading this book about Boston, right? And I kind of was like, oh, I want to do comedy. And I love Jim Carrey and Robin oh, yeah. Williams. And yeah. I read this tourist book on Boston that was like, Boston has the best comedy scene out of the whole country. Mm. So I was like, I'm going to go to Boston based on that one sentence. And it was a book about like tourism, you know, like for like Boston for a tourist guide. And when I read that, I took it so to heart that I was like, I got to get myself to Boston. And then when I got a job, they were like, what city do you want to live in? And I was like, Boston. And then I got a job there. And then I, a year later, I started stand-up classes. That was selling pins, right? Yeah. I have listened to your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, got, I was really lucky because I graduated college in 2002 and the economy was just booming. And um, uh, Rubbermaid was hiring 400 sales reps straight out of college. And they Word. hired like cheerleaders and football players and, you know, people who are very active in like um, in school. And I applied and I got... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got this job and I, I felt so lucky that I got a company car and I was like, this is perfect. I've never owned a car before. I could get to all my shows. Yeah. And that's all I was thinking about was like my shows. No shit. So what, what happened? Keep going. Oh, so then um, I moved to Boston and I, I had this day job that basically financed my the start of my comedy career, you know, because... Um, I had a car and a gas card and I was able to like drive other comedians to shows. And, um, and then I took a stand-up class with Steve Kalishman, who was on Je Jeopardy. And I learned how to write jokes in that class. And then I got up at a, at our graduation show and it was amazing. It was sold out because it was all mm. our friends. And I've talked to other people who are like, oh, my comedy class, like nobody wanted to perform. So we didn't even have a graduation. So I feel so lucky that everything like kind of went smoothly for me. You know, everything worked out and we had an awesome graduation. And, uh, and then Rick, um, Rick, the owner of the comedy studio, he asked me to come back. And I was just so excited. Right. <clears throat> Do you think that Boston is a great place to cut your teeth just because it's very competitive and the comedy there is really aggressive compared to like other parts of the United States? You know, when I read that, that's a great question because when I read about how Boston is such a great comedy scene, it really more has to do with the type of people who live there. It's kind of similar to Chicago, actually. Like the people are very extroverted. There's four full seasons. So the winters really, you know, turn people into very character type people with yeah, big right. personalities and, you know, people who aren't afraid to tell you how it is to your face. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think the scene is born out of the, the personality of, uh, of the city. So, but yeah, I think I had a great time there and it was very supportive and I made a lot of friends and it's just a small scene. So everybody kind of gets to know each other rather than, you know, I, I wanted to go to New York, but it was kind of intimidating how big it was. So it was nice for me to try it out at a smaller city. So Esther, was it a struggle or um, did, did you find yourself kind of like having an average living? Was it hard to be? a starting out comedian in Boston? Um, I mean, to be honest, it wasn't a struggle because nice. I had that sweet day job. Yeah. You know, so like my bills were paid, my rent was paid. I didn't have to worry about that. I got really lucky with my day job. And then I was just so excited to be doing stand-up that I was just on cloud nine. And when you're starting out, you're like, this is, I'm doing what I want to do. And and I knew what I wanted to do, you know, uh, luckily when I was 23. So I that's think very cool. I was lucky very in that cool. regard too. Yeah. Oh, that's so, awesome. Like who was the first, like who was yeah. the first major comedian that you got, that you got to be friends with and kind of like uh, showed you the ropes? Hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of comedians in Boston. I would say 
like I would hang out at the Hong Kong at the comedy studio. Like that became my regular hangout spot. Mm -hmm. So I would say the owner, Rick, I would drive him home because he was my neighbor. He lived in right. Somerville and so did I. So uh, we would just talk all the time after shows. I would go to shows and hang out and not even perform, but just kind of, you know, hmm. hang out there, right? Yeah. So does Tom have a question? He does. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's a, it's was there like a crash down or like uh, like there's something like maybe you, you felt uneasy or something didn't work out or was it up and down? I want to know. You mean your, you mean her career? Yeah, yeah. Like as far as the story is going, she's like, yeah, positive. I'm I'm doing good, but oh, okay. Um, Let me re. Oh, please. Oh my God! <laughs> you, you just started you started sexually harassing her guests. I'm not sexually. <laughs> Why? I'm happily married. Stop it! Right. I'm apologize. No, but like you know, like I Esther, like I, I'm, I'm not trying to trash you in any single way, but like I just say, like, but like it's awesome that she said, like, yeah, I did this, and like that's great, but like there were some ups and downs. Okay, okay, let me let me rephrase this, Esther. I think what Tom is trying to ask you is, um, what are some of the difficulties that you face as being a comic? <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Really, you know... really, you guys are going to do me like that? But yes, go ahead, Esther. <laughs> I mean, right? I know. I'm painting. I'm painting this picture like everything just went smoothly for me, and. You know, it is difficult. It's not it's not all easy. I, but I just like to have like a positive attitude about things and not, you know, of course it's hard. I audition for clubs that I'm still not passed at or I go on a million auditions that I don't get and you don't they mm. don't list the auditions that you don't you don't, they don't list the shows that you auditioned for that you didn't get on your IMDb. So, um, you know, of course it, it's it's hard and and once I moved to New York, it became a little more difficult because I didn't have that day job. I got laid off and oh. um, yeah. So I, I, I had all these a million side jobs that it was hard. I, you know, I wasn't making any money. So I would say New York was difficult in that regard, but my passion for pursuing my career just kept me going. And you know, when you're young and broke and it's like kind of romantic. Sure. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm. Uh, I, I. I get you. I get you. I 100% get you. Let me ask you. So you had all these side jobs. What was the worst one? What was the like? What was the one worst job that you had that you were like, man? You look back down. And you're like, I can't believe I did that. Um. Not. I can't believe I did that. I mean, I always. I've always worked since I was 16. And I always mm. enjoy working because like, oh, cool. I kind of like getting like an insider's point of view. Like I worked at a dentist office as a receptionist for a comedian dentist in New York. And it was fun because I wanted to see how these rich people act at a dentist office. Or I wanted to see like, how am I supposed to act at a dentist office? And like, <laughs> so I, when I'm sitting on the other side, or I just like learning about like bite wing x-rays or you know, fluoride and stuff like that. So Tom has a question. Yeah, so, 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 sorry. That's typically how we do things on the show. But like, I was going to ask you, like, uh, like we heard, like, you know, you had some difficulties. Like, what's the difficulty you bounce back with? 
from? That um, I bounced back from? Um, yeah. Well, when I was living in New York, I got mugged. Um, oh, shit. And I, was, I was knocked out. I was on my way to a show. And uh, I was living in Bushwick. And I was walking to the train station. And um, somebody came from behind me and, like, hit me with a pipe or something. Oh, and no. Right. Yeah, and I, I woke up in this lady's apartment. And I, I came to and it was like weird. I felt like I was in like a, uh, I had went back in time because her kitchen was all like still from the seventies and wood oh, paneling. And so I was like, and now all these cops were there and I was like, what's going on? Like, as soon as I came to, I was like, what's going on? Where am I? What are, what are you doing? Where's my DeLorean? <laughs> yeah. Where are my pants? And, and then, um, so they took me to the hospital and I had a concussion and a black eye and, um, oh, no. You know, so that that was a scary experience for me, but also it was kind of an isolated incident, you know, like the chances of that happening again are probably, you know, very low. In but, New York? You know, that, In New York? That it's definitely wasn't, wasn't fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I've talked to other people who they're like, oh, I've been living in New York for 10 years. I've gotten mugged three times. And, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. To, my, my question was, you bounce back from Esther. No, no offense. Like, that sounds like a bad experience. You bounce back from. Well, she's alive, dude. She's alive, man. She's here <laughs> today. I guess my answers aren't good enough for you, Tom Ellers. <laughs> all right. Uh, you want a more Esther's wearing a helmet story? these days. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just like, you know, I just thought career-wise, you'd be like, yeah, like, you know, this like one guy said on you're a fucking dirty bitch, and then I just fucking bounced back and I was like, fuck you. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Oh, that um, took a turn to the left. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that that went a weird direction. Hey Esther. <laughs> so Esther, <laughs> Japan. You, wanted, you wanted some kind of you wanted some kind of conflict with other comedians. No, I, I just want want, want anything, but like uh, I'm 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 fucking so sorry. Okay, I just like I hey Tom, look at look at your <laughs> shoes. Um Esther, hey, um <laughs> over here um let's uh talk about like what you're doing now like what what what's life like now that that, that you've got covid19 and there's like a you know there's a lot of restrictions well, i don't i don't have covid19 the world uh, has covid19 I've been uh, you'll never careful. be president <laughs> <laughs> that's fine with me um well i'm just doing a lot of writing i i like to write in my diary and Actually, at the beginning of quarantine, I started reading all of my past diary entries. And it was kind of, yeah, it was a great kind of reminder of like what I want and, you know, where I came from. And I, I have a lot of entries from when I first started in Boston. And that's how I know that like, I, you know, I had such a great time in Boston. How long have you I, been keeping a diary? Uh, since I was like 23. Oh, okay. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. So, like a year. <laughs> <laughs> you do look super young. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys are in Japan. I mean, you guys, you know. I have a I'm son sure. who's older than you. 
<laughs> I do, man. I, my oldest son is 25. Yeah. What? Holy I'm smokes. a little clock, bro. Dude, I look 25. <laughs> you do look 25, but I'm I'm seriously still I'm still old as fuck, bro. My yeah. God, you don't look. Old. Meanwhile, Tom Tom looks like your guys' dad. He does. Look like <laughs> Thanks, <sir. laughs> I, I do have a son. He's one. Tom's what are we gonna drunk. do with your drunk dad, you guys? Ah, <laughs> uh, no shit. Right? Oh, we're gonna probably have a meeting about that tomorrow. <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh. So, Esther, I got to ask you a question. Um, right now, apparently, a lot of people are leaving Los Angeles. A lot of comedians, in particular, are leaving Los Angeles. Joey Diaz left. Joe Rogan left. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, how everybody's leaving Los Angeles? Because Los Angeles, in my opinion, was kind of like the hub for comedy for, like, the last five years. It was, like, kind of like the place to go if you wanted to be a stand-up comedian. Like, I heard, like... Just to do like um, open mic, you'd have to wait outside for like two and a half hours just to get on stage or just for possibly the opportunity to get on stage. Do you think with like everybody leaving, like a lot of the big guys leaving Los Angeles, do you think that maybe the comedy scene's just going to move somewhere else? Or do you think it might be like more of an opportunity in Los Angeles? I think I just asked you like four questions at the same time. Sorry about that. Um, well, first of all, like, the, yeah, the, it is true. Like people wait two hours in line for stage time, which is why I'm so glad I started in Boston because there's so many more people doing comedy now than ever before. Mm -hmm. So my advice to any young comedian, don't start in LA. Like I see right. these kids who are starting in LA and I'm like, you barely get up on stage. First of all, second mm. of all, I made so many mistakes, um, with people and interpersonally that I'd rather make those mistakes in a smaller market than make them in Los Angeles where like all the agents are and all the, you know, it's like, that's where you should end up, not start out. So, yeah, totally. um, right, right. yeah, I, I understand why they're leaving. Um, I get it because everything's closed down. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're not even allowing outdoor shows. So all the outdoor shows that are happening have to be kind of secret and people have to DM for the location. And then you gotta be careful about like posting the pictures and everything. So it's become very strict, which, you know, I think it's difficult to get stage time when there's wow. no shows happening. So I think they'll be back. And I think once LA opens back up again, I'm sure the Joe Rogans and Joey Diaz's will fly back and forth to come in for a weekend here, weekend there, and it'll be like, you know, catch them for this weekend. But there's still plenty of people who stay. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, leaving LA has got to be a great idea, right? Well, actually, not right now. Right now, it's got to be a, actually being in LA, you know, it's got to be really cool because LA, the traffic's got to be almost nothing. Right? Are you kidding? <laughs> well, I mean, if well, I'm staying home, you know, that's how like, oh, please. Yeah, it has it has thinned out a little bit actually. Um it I was just there last week and it it was uh it was easier to find parking, traffic wasn't as bad, but there's still millions of people still there. So yeah. I think it is I think it's helpful, but I know a lot of people who left and went back home to where they, they're from and I think I think it's kind of nice. Like, you know, I think a lot of us suffer from like being workaholics and kind of you know gathering our um a lot of what we need from our work and i think it's nice to just kind of chill and spend time 
you know, at home yeah, and take a break, kind of, kind of, kind of regroup, restart, yeah. and you know, like I'm Recharge just reading the a ton of books. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's tell awful. me what kind of books you're reading right now. Oh my god, I'm reading the Steve Jobs book right now. Oh and, no. Um, <laughs> Every page is like, oh my God, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm loving it. He was not very terribly nice to his uh, younger children, was he? No. Yeah, well, what a. I, I, know, I know what she's talking about. I've read that book before a while ago. Okay, well, well I've got to. Oh, please. I'm at the beginning. Doesn't Tom look like he's drinking a cup of his own urine? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I seriously thought that in a second ago. I was like, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm always going to be outsmarted, outwitted by a comedian, professional comedian. Well, Esther, well, like, I give you craps. <laughs> craps. Craps. You give you craps. Craps. Bro. Sorry, Esther. Welcome to the band. Everybody gets to her. Do you want me to, like, outwit her, like, ver- verbally no. outwit her? I want you to, that. yeah. No, please no. outwit Esther. I'm not going to beat her. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to fucking beat her. You know who you guys should have on your show? Do you know Aiko Tanaka? Oh, yeah, I know Aiko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's in Japan. You should have her on your show. She's so funny. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I, I, saw, I know her because oh, yeah. I, I listened to your yeah. podcast before. Yeah, uh, can, can, can I say one thing? Like, uh, I, I was hooked up with the comedy scene, like, earlier. And, like, uh, I really wanted to see her live because I do think she's funny. But, like... I kind of had a baby. My wife was kind of pregnant, so I couldn't get kind into of. that. I was like, eh, the timing didn't work out bad. Or, <laughs> oops. Who's the father? <laughs> I'm just kidding. How, how are you kind of pregnant? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so I was going to say, hey, um, like, what, what do you like? Are you going on any other podcasts now? Like, uh, are you talking to other comedians? What's everybody else doing during COVID? Um, I just did Dave Juskow's podcast. Oh, cool. And, you know, I'm sure you've never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know who that is. You do? Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I did um, Hot Tim and Gnome's Comedy Cellar podcast for the election results. And, you know, I just... I'm not like, I'm not dying to do podcasts and stuff, but, um, but yeah, I'm just doing whoever wants to have me. <laughs> I'm not picky. Oh my God. Well, we're loving not. right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Esther, like, tell us a little bit about like the TV shows you've done and stuff like that, because like, uh, everybody wants to know like where they can follow you and like where they can find you. Um, yeah. Okay. So I did a show on MTV called Girl Code. I remember and that. Yeah. yeah, that was so fun because it gave me a chance to kind of connect with my female audience, you know, because up till then it was more male centric for some reason. Uh, but Girl Code was aimed Why? towards uh, young girls. So uh. that that was really fun to do. You know, it was like, it was like that last generation of girls who, of kids who watched MTV before streaming took over. Yeah. I keep looking at Tom's, I keep oh, looking yeah. at Tom and laughing. Oh no, here we go. Go ahead, Tom. Round oh, shit. Your server. We're going his, up. His internet froze. His internet He's frozen. Froze. Dude, doesn't he look like a Nazi? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I pulled like completely misogynistic bullshit. What? 
No, 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 but uh, um, like uh, well, basically. Try your words, Tom. <laughs> Tom, your internet connection is unstable. Like uh, I did. Uh, uh, it's going to be Congress. What? <laughs> okay. Um. Basically, but before, like uh, I did see. Uh, so, is it connecting? Is it okay? Yeah, we're good. We're good, Tom. All right. Um, basically, I, I did see like uh, in Tokyo, like you did see a, a comedy show that was mostly female, not all female, but like uh, it, the jokes didn't resonate for me as as much. But like it was mostly female. I was like, eh, they're all right. But like you know, they had a you know, I could see like you know, nice grouping of females that like thought they were funny. So like, how do you feel about like you know? the male to female ratio of, of jokes and like you know what's going on yeah well, Esther. <laughs> yeah Esther. yeah explain you yourself explain yourself woman <laughs> i was there that night tom and you don't yeah. remember this because you were wasted but yeah. you were an asshole you were sitting in the front row with your arms folded i was like get rid of this guy man who does he think he is Get you being super here. sexist towards all the female performers. <laughs> yes, because I'm I'm being a complete fucking asshole. Chauvinist. But no, but like just it doesn't come across at all, man. Uh-uh. <laughs> Not at all. Obviously, I'm a fucked up man. Uh, it's all right. Tom, um, do you know do you know where your baby is? <laughs> yeah, I know he's right in the other fucking room. <laughs> oh my god, we woke him up. You're not even wearing headphones. No, I'm not. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> even even if I try to give a compliment and ask a nice question, I'm gonna fucked up. But like, uh, like our Andy Kaufman tonight, pretty much. Is it true that is it true that Homer Simpson was modeled after you, Tom? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but Jesus Christ! You do want a donut? No, <laughs> do you want a donut? She's gonna fucking kill me, like. Oh, no, I can't punch back. She's going to fucking kill me. So, Esther, when are you coming to Japan? The comedy scene here before COVID was actually really hot. A lot of big com yeah. comedians came to Japan. We had um, Doug Stanhope was here. We all saw his show. That was absolutely hysterical. Amazing. Tom Green was here. That was an amazing show. Um, uh, Neil Brennan was here. Neil Brennan. Amazing. I, was, yeah. I need to go. Also, we I had uh, we had Chappelle. We had also uh, what's his name? The Trevor Noah. Yeah. Oh my God! Well, um, I'll get there after COVID is over. That's Are you guys all idea. in Tokyo? We're all in yeah, Tokyo. In yeah. Tokyo. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Well, yeah. I know I'm not staying at any of your guys' places, but I'll come <laughs> do a show there. Yeah, no kidding. You That's can't see at Tom's place. Tom's place is huge. You'd be surprised. She'll get she'll get there after I'm fucking done burning. <laughs> I'm sorry, Esther. Like, no offense, but like that was a sick burn. You you got me good. Like, I, maybe maybe I should go to Japan or China and like sell my passport to help get some North Korean defectors out. That's a good idea. I've seen it done. I've seen it done here. Money. Not, not if you go to Kyoto, there's tons of North Koreans here. Are there? Oh, oh yeah, my yeah. God. 
they do not they they don't believe anything you say if you say like uh, north korea is like a a tyrant like controlled like system they're like mm, no nah, no nah, it's not this is north korea like Ooh. you're literally standing in japan no i'm not yeah. standing in north korea real quick johnny yep johnny on the metrics don't we have one or two listeners in north korea we have one one <laughs> is it a bot <laughs> We have one. He moves around a little bit to the right, a little bit to the left. We can we can bullseye him. He's great. He's kind of a big guy. Weird haircut. Hmm. But okay, all right. I think it's time that we move on to the news. What do you guys think? The news. The yes. News. We got news. some pretty amazing news stories. Well, we covered the booze. We definitely we covered the booze. the booze. Tom, you covered the booze for all of us. <laughs> what? It's my fault. No, 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 no. You're doing great. We love Never you, Tommy. your fault, bro. In Tokyo and craving soul food, we've got just the place for you. Soul Food House in Azabujuvan. Check out what we do at soulfoodhouse.com. Come by and taste the love. We look forward to feeding you. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to Mitsuya Liquors. That's right. For the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right, over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need, and of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, got fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right. Got fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya. About five minute walk from the station. It's your liquor. Hey, yo, what's up, Baders? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2000 n each, about 20 bucks. But if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Proper. Are you at Harajuku with some out-of-town friends or your family or significant others? Yeah! Do you want to chill and drink beer and eat sandwiches while your friends overpay for glitter unicorn socks? Yeah! And the flavor's gonna make you complete at Harry's Sandwich Company. So come on down to Harry's Sandwich Company in the heart of Harajuku, right off Takeshita Street. See you there! Yo, what's up, faders? It's your boy, Johnny. I have an opportunity for you. Well, in fact, I have 50 opportunities for you. A few years ago, I painted all 50 American states. 
And in each and every state, I painted in all major city names, the state's cultural icons, pop culture that pertains to that specific state, and a whole lot more fun, interesting, and educationally groovy stuff. The project took me over eight months to complete, and now they're yours forever. I have digital prints available for download on the Spilt Inks Etsy shop. These prints started off at about five bucks a pop, but not anymore. These high resolution prints are a dollar each. They're yours for a dollar each. So brighten up your walls and expand your mind with your favorite state. These prints are a dollar each. And there were so much more. These are these, these paintings are absolutely incredible. You're gonna love them. And if you don't like the state project, that's cool, that's cool. Johnny still has love for you. But check out the Spilled Inks Etsy shop to find all sorts of other wild art that will save your soul and blow your mind. So go down to the show notes for a direct link to the Spilled Inks Etsy shop. Go there, shop away, support the show because we love you <laughs> and we love art too. So faders, without further ado, enjoy the show. If you're going to get your fade on, you got to get your fade on in style. And that's why I use Ghost Town Palmade. Ghost Town Palmade is the number one badass palmade, and I practice what I preach. When I leave this house, if I'm not wearing a hat, if I'm not wearing a lid, I'm wearing Ghost Town Palmade in my hair. This stuff is amazing. It smells good, it looks good, and it feels good. Ghost Town Palmade, badass palmade. And let me tell you one thing comes in a lid. That's pretty badass. This whole world is so nerfed up these days. Everything is plastic and pink, but not Ghost Town Palmade. This stuff is a man's palmade, and it is hardcore. It's so hardcore, it's from Oakland, California. Oakland, California. That's right. Ghost Town Palmade. Get your bait on in style. Papa. Who's going to start? You want to start, Johnny, or do you want, like, uh... Someone else to start, or um, yeah, I could start. Typically, the guest goes first. She, Tom, she doesn't She's have not any, read any news, bro. She doesn't have. She didn't get the email. She's like a. I'm in North Korea. I don't even have yeah. Wi-Fi. <laughs> she oh, doesn't believe she's in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. But I know, I know why people don't want to help these North Korean girls. You know, because they're all skinnier than everybody else, so they're like, "Fuck these skinny bitches." Yeah, they're so jealous. Make make me feel fat. Coming jelly. over here. <laughs> I'm jelly. <clears throat> okay, so I got the first article. All, all right, right, here we go. Um, all right, this story took place on November 5th. <clears throat> Man arrested after body parts found of father found in ceiling of home. This guy's obviously visually dyslexic. And and just so you know, Esther, um, these articles are first written in Japanese and then they're translated into English. So the, the translation's really weird. So if the English sounds a little strange, well, that's the reason. It makes them more silly. <clears throat> yeah, kind of. This story took place in Saitama. Police in Soka, Saitama Prefecture have arrested a 55-year-old man after body parts belonging to his father were found in the ceiling of their apartment. Kind of reminds me of that movie, uh, The People Under the Stairs. Oh, I oh, love that movie. Good movie, huh? Yeah. According to police, Akira Ishoitoya has admitted to the charge of abandoning the body of his father, who was in his 80s when he died several years ago. Senki Shimbun reported, the grisly discovery was made by the police after welfare officers from the office, the government office, told them that they had not heard from Ishitoya's father for a long time. Ishitoya was quoted by police as saying that he didn't know what to do when his father died. 
What are you supposed to do when your father dies, actually? What do you do? him up, apparently. Well, I mean, his father's dead. I guess you could call Ghostbusters. Well, he didn't kill him, right? He just died naturally. Yeah, naturally. Wink, wink. You can sell you. That's the whole thing in Japan, though. Like, the, like how do you say, life expectancy? Like, you know, these loser kids are, like, cashing the paychecks. Oh, the welfare paychecks? Yeah, that definitely yeah. happens. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, damn. Well, I think it's the dad's fault. His dad probably raised him to, like, his dad probably did everything for him. So the kid never knew how to do anything. Oh, my God. That could be it, yeah. Or maybe, maybe it was Christmas and his dad was trying to be Santa Claus. So he's going down the chimney and he got stuck and he died. No, there. that's Gremlins, bro. That's Gremlins. Exactly. Gremlins. And then he's just like, well, can't get him down. That's where he stays. <laughs> in the quote unquote addict, I guess, chimney. You bring in a Mexican kid, go, hey, look, piñata. <laughs> well, uh, did you guys know you could, you can actually um, have your body go to like the FBI farm for them to do like research on stuff like how like how fast a body part decomposes i'm doing that no way i've got too many embarrassing tattoos yeah nothing bad nothing bad but just embarrassing okay i was young once Um, you're dead or you could you could sell (laughs) your body to science like these these scientists come and take your body and they actually pay you but what if I'm a ghost? I'm like watching people fall on the walls. That'd be so weird. I'm like, oh no, don't do that. Oh god, oh god. Uh, <laughs> it could be weird, right? <laughs> anyway, terrible, terrible. Terrible. Okay. Ishitoya was quoted by police as saying he didn't know what to do when his father died. However, in May of 2019, the apartment was put up for auction by the owners. So Ishitoya decided to hide the body parts in the ceiling. As you do. And yeah. appraisal of the apartment was made, but the assessor did not inspect the ceiling. Okay, so pretty much, I guess, like, people Lazy move inspectors. in. Yeah, I guess that's weird. That's the end of the article. <laughs> wow, that's Like, weird. did they smell it when the real estate person's like, and over here, we <laughs> have our beautifully redone ceiling. Don't look in the attic. Yeah, yeah. Stay away <laughs> from the attic. attic. You got to drive it. And yes, oh, good sir, good madam. And over here we have, oh, oh my God, oh, cover your nose. That's and like COVID. Nice. COVID is messing everything up. You can't even smell what a rotting corpse smells like anymore. No, exactly, right? No smell, no taste. Yeah, that's so the mo- that's the most fucked up thing, though, because like you know, it's like, oh, you can't even smell. It's just like you walk in there with a mask. You're like, oh, I don't, I don't smell anything. And you move in there, you're like, oh, fuck. This is why you have to set up like a whole, you have to set up your funeral before you die. Like Jewish parents are good at that. They don't want to like burden their kids. They buy their plot. They they pre-buy their tombstone so that their kids aren't stressed out when they die. And they're cheaper that way. Mm. Oh, you get a discount if you pre-order? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's better if you buy two. If you buy two, you get a discount. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Buy one tombstone, get one free. Yeah. <laughs> Double up. Yeah. Oh my God, Hopefully. Esther, what are your thoughts on that story? I mean, I'm not surprised because it's like it is awkward when you're when your dad dies. What are you supposed to do? I don't know. Call the police. I I would say yeah. Like a good person it. in my house. But also, like, 
your dad only dies once. So maybe he wanted his dad to be like close to him. Maybe he was like, finally, I could spend quality time with my dad. Finally, my dad will just shut the fuck up. He'll finally, be he'll shut the fuck up. <laughs> finally. I get a word in edgewise. But there's a, there's also cases in Japan where people are getting like, like Tom said, like they, they get the disability checks or the old people's uh, social security. So they keep mom in her room, even though she's dead, even though she's putrefied, they keep her in there so they can keep getting the social security checks. That happens here in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> but they always get busted eventually because like the body mummifies or something or somebody comes to check up on them and stuff. I don't yeah, know. Everyone says it stinks and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, those neighbors, they always complain. Always. Oh, yeah, because especially <laughs> a fucking rotting corpse. Like, what God, the fuck, dude? <laughs> yeah, what does the rotting corpse smell like, Tom? Yeah. <laughs> it smells like Tom's house. Yeah, take your sock, sock off, Tom. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, Jeremy, you want to go next or Tom? Yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll go next. I'll go next. I got my story up here. So this is the, this is the juicy one. Ooh. <laughs> It says, uh, school vice principal arrested for smearing bodily fluid on girl on train. So, oh, I heard that one before. Yeah, it's a good one. That's about good. you. That's not good. <laughs> oh, thanks. Mom, he's not the principal. No, thanks. No, 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 no. <laughs> I can say something really bad right now, Tom. So I teach kindergarten, but like the kids don't piss me off that much. Yeah, he's a kindergarten teacher. Yeah, let's keep all your bodily fluids Did in your body. Did they not do a background bro. check? <laughs> obviously <laughs> not. <laughs> obviously <laughs> obviously <laughs> not. <laughs> they don't have iTunes, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it says police in Ishihara Kanagawa Prefecture, where I live have arrested an elementary school uh, vice principal on the suspicion of assault and committing a lewd act before he smeared bodily fluids on a 12-year-old girl inside the train. According to police, uh, the incident occurred at 5 p.m. on September 16th between Shimo Kitazawa and, and Noborito, which are like huge places in Japan. Shimo Kitazawa, uh, wow. Yeah, Shimo Kitazawa, where, where, we, where they have comedy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's on, it was on the Odaku line, and it was reported on Fuji Television. The police said uh, Masanori Takei, vice principal of the Ishihara Municipal, Municipal Sakura Dai Elementary School, stood behind a girl and smeared an unspecified fluid on her right arm. The police said the train was packed with commuters at the time, and the girl was crying. <laughs> the girl was crying when she got off the train and sought help from... Uh, from station staff, the police said Take, who was arrested on Monday, emerged from uh, emerged as a potential suspect after the review of surveillance cameras on the train. On what? Tuesday, Ishihara Municipal uh, uh, Elementary School released a statement saying uh, they publicly apologize and we wish to apologize for all the children and all the parents in the community. So basically, this guy jizzed on a kid. Uh, that's horrible. That's a horrible story. That is a horrible story. Thank you for letting me read that. Oh, you chose to fucking read it. Also, a like it's not the only one that's come through this week. Like, uh, I also believe like there was a older guy in his seventies who was like just like 
running around his bicycles because kids wouldn't get out of his way. He was spitting on them. That's also about a little bit different than jizzing on them, man. I'd rather be spit on than jizzed on. Unspecified bodily fluid, but like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, it's bad. Well, can't she sue? Do, Do you guys have lawsuits in Japan? They're uncommon, but we do have them. The, you, people don't do it because it, you, you, it costs a lot of money to sue somebody, and then plus you don't really win a lot of money like in America where you win hundreds of thousands of dollars. And why do they call it bodily fluid? Like, they're so conservative. Can't they just say his he he wiped his semen jizz on her? Yeah, they won't see that in the paper. They won't see that well, in the paper. Well, that's, a, that's really the thing. Like, uh, there's different... Specific. Well, there's different stories about like you know this is this is okay and this isn't okay, but like also lost fluid. lost in translation. So like they won't. Is there? There's not really. A, there's a. There's not really a word. What do you say for jizz in in Japanese, man? Shiro mizu. What? Shiro mizu. They oh, say jizu. Shiro mizu. Jeez, sounds like miso. <laughs> how gross! How many? How many people has he done this to? If he's a vice principal at a school. Oh my god, that's a good point. And you know, also, just, there's like this is, this is the first time getting caught. Yeah. Also, on the train, if you've been on a Japanese train, there's two minutes between each stop. So, like, how how fast does this guy come? I don't know. I gotta say, like, I gotta say, like, she's got a very good point. The guest just is like, you know, we read these articles all the time. She, the guest is like, you know, like, I've asked when Esther, but, thank you. That thanks, was good commentary. I got, I got some of that. I guess, I, yeah, like, um, like, was he, was he playing like a form of tag? Like he was jerking off to her. <laughs> Yeah, and he was it. like, let me <laughs> <On her> arm. <laughs> <laughs> like he just goes, oh. he wanted he wanted to give her credit that she was the inspiration for his completion. Oh my no god. Please. Let me give you a merit badge. He just spunked all over the little kid's arm. She started crying and was like, Oh, I wasn't not outcome. And he's like, she's crying. Like all the all the police grabbed him. Meanwhile, like Japanese culture is so sexist, he still has his job, doesn't he? Oh, oh it didn't that. say that. You're right, Esther. You it didn't say that he didn't lose his job. What the hell? Yeah, it's, there's no reason for him to lose his job. He didn't kill anyone. Well, we, <laughs> we, we spunked cool on a man. child. We we would hope not, but like uh, probably not. Most hopefully. Well, let's do some investigative journalism follow up, shall we? We should. Yeah. We definitely should. All, All right. right, Tommy. Can, can, can I read uh, one last article just just because I think it's funny and like maybe maybe it'll tie in maybe it I don't won't. Know. Do you know how to read? <laughs> I don't know. Do I? <laughs> All these podcasts have the same theory. Uh, the same. The same Esther, topic. You're Go ahead, awesome. Tom. <laughs> Try your best. Money. Um... <laughs> okay, Tommy. Good job, Tom. I'm gonna try and compose myself. Marina Shiraishi, husband, does not know she is an AV starlet. AKA, Ooh. she's a porn star. But she doesn't know it. No, he doesn't know it. Oh, he does. Like secret, secret porn? Yeah. <laughs> so the what husband doesn't get? know that it's. I don't know what's happening right now. And, and, to, and <laughs> let me compose myself. 
In Japan's adult video AV industry, one of the standard themes is that a man is having sex with a married woman who is not his wife. <gasps> no. No way. I've never it's seen sex. a porno before. Oh, my God. For actress. I'm using the air quotes there. For actress. Marina Shiraishi, 34. She brings fantasy to reality. She is married in real life. What's more, she divulges her li real life to Flash, which is a shitty tabloid, blah, blah, blah. On July 21st, blah, 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 blah. Her husband is unaware of her underlying work. Quote, my husband is on overseas and doing different assignments, she says. And he doesn't think he that I, well, what the fuck? And I don't think he knows yet. But I'm wondering what he'll say if he returns to Japan. The concerns from Shireshi seem well-founded. In 2013, she made her adult video debut on Soft On Demand, perhaps with the label with the highest profile in the industry. She said, she continues, quote, I realized they were expecting me to say, I work as an adult actress and it's fun. And I don't want to quit. But I've had many interesting sexual experiences and i would like to continue it's so creepy when you read it that way super creepy Why, you just like, kind of yeah. i'm like freaking camera out camera angle yeah it's just I, know, I've got, I got goosebumps oh, girl, like, Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> i got a question what about if, this Does what if in the, in the worst case scenario i want to get divorced I can get divorced in a year. Okay, Tom. Thanks, buddy. Um, Doesn't this? That was a great what story. Is, what is that creepy? <laughs> I don't know what else to read you. I'm trying to read this like you know, you'd be like the sober newsman, but like you know, I'm obviously not doing well. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all, bro. <laughs> well, I got a question. Oh, first off, Esther, what are your thoughts? Uh, I couldn't understand a word he said. <laughs> <laughs> can somebody so. else read it no um what happened a guy's married to a girl and he doesn't know she does porn pretty much Basically, yeah. Yeah. yeah and they're he doesn't married? have the internet <laughs> yeah he he apparently he went overseas so his wife started fucking people every everywhere for money that's why you can't join the army so he can't join the army and apparently he comes home and he's like where did all these kids come from <laughs> where are my condoms and and where? did he ever realize like man she's really good in bed yeah no kidding and right? what are all these cameras doing here oh those are the perks yeah i don't know also to, to, to one up you though I've, I've read though like uh the girls that are doing uh, other stuff on the side like they're like i pretend i don't know and i'm doing anything in bed but then, like, the guys get really turned on. And then outside the house, I do other things. What's going to happen when he finds out? Like, when he, like, starts using the internet? <laughs> he goes on Pornhub.com. <laughs> or somebody tells him, like, oh, I saw your wife. Like, many times at many different channels. Yeah. Pornhub, Red Hub, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I mean, All the hubs. do you think you would recognize her? Most Wait, likely. is that racist? 
That's not yes. fun. How the fuck is that racist, dude? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> okay, let's move on past that. Hey, Esther, let's ask you about like the time you were on getting getting dug with high. Yes, what about it? I love that. That's my favorite episode of that show. Like you and Joey Diaz were on there. What was that like? How did oh, you feel? Oh. Yes. Oh, well, that was my first time meeting Joey Diaz. And Joey, yeah, I know. Diaz and, Joey Diaz and I, we have, we're born one day apart. Oh, shit. His birthday is February 16th and mine is the 17th. Not the same year, though. No. Yeah. Uh, but we are very similar, I think. You know, like our personalities or um, our outlook. You know, we're both Aquariuses. And yeah. um, we just... It was so fun to meet him that day and it was nice for Doug to introduce us on the show and you know he's like so nice. Very cool guy. I met I've met I've met Joey once. Let me tell you my story about how I met Joey. Like I went to Los Angeles because I wanted to do training at uh, 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu with Eddie Bravo and um I knew that once I was down there I would have a chance to go to the to the Ice House to meet Joey because they had a death squad with Brian Redband uh, the day before. And then the day after that was Joy, was a Joy Diaz show. And it was only like $10, so I thought I would go down there. But I didn't want to be that that drunk asshole like who, who goes up to comedians and goes, oh, you're so awesome. I like you so much. You know, I didn't want to be that guy. So I decided to myself, I'm, I'm going to stick to orange juice all night. And I'm just going to like be chill. And like when I get a chance to say hi to him, I'm going to tell him he's awesome. And I like his podcast and stuff like that. So... I'm drinking orange juice or whatever, and just like chilling out. And then, like, I the, after the show, I finally get a chance to meet uh, Joey Diaz on the patio of of the Ice House, right? So, like, all the comedians come outside to like smoke cigarettes or whatever. And I'm just cigarettes. drinking orange juice, yeah, or whatever, right? So I'm just drinking orange juice and I'm just trying to chill. And I I finally get a chance to go up to Joey. And when I go, when I go up to him, I take a sip of orange juice, and the first thing I do is I don't know what happened. As I sneeze. So like as soon as I get next to Joey, I go, ah, and then he just looks at me like I farted or something. Like I farted at a funeral. He's like, you motherfucker, like that. And I'm like, Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go back to my car. Or whatever. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't even on purpose, man. It was it was totally an accident, and it was not even time. It was like one of those sneezes that just sneaks up on you out of nowhere and you have no control over it. And that was how I met Joey Diaz. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. I, I would, I would, it, would, it would suck if that was the way I met Tom. I don't want to sneeze on somebody. <laughs> I yeah. know. I, I get it. Like you want to be so you're you were you were consciously preparing yourself not to be that drunk asshole. I want to be became, cool. You became yeah. a sneezing asshole. Yeah, exactly. So now I'm now I'm just a stupid cunt. I, I just want to crawl into a hole and die you know what i mean i don't well, want to be that guy yeah i'll call joey diaz right now and let him know that you don't were tell him well it was me that you yeah. were well-intentioned and i'm doing the podcast of the guy who oh, sneezed no. orange juice on you oh no man don't do that <laughs> oh my god oh you're joking i seriously just gonna have a heart attack i was like oh my god <laughs> please don't oh. do that like like our, our podcast gets kicked off of iTunes. Thanks. You can call Bert Crasher. That's okay. We know him, but not not Joey. We don't know him. I don't want to know him this way. Like, oh hi, Joey. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh we love you. Uh, that's that awesome. so I embarrassing. Know, 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Has anything like that wipe, ever happened to you? At least you didn't wipe your jizz on him. No, 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 no. no. That was I was I was going to. No, yeah. Well, wipe it on his leg, not his arm. Yeah, I'm I'm a Christian. I would wipe it on his leg. Hey, so like um has that has that ever happened to you? Like any any kind of weird shit like happening? Like someone met you and they shit themselves or sneeze on you or something? Oh, somebody do that to me? Yeah. Um You're asking a woman if like, you know, some random dude just like wipe your jizz on your leg. Well, we didn't go that far, Tom. You did. No, Tom, I no, kind of stopped at like, the old senator, you preface the story. I kind of sneezed. I stopped at the sneeze, Tom. I didn't ask if anyone ever wiped jizz on her leg. The line that you just don't cross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I get more of guys who are just like too touchy. Oh, you know? gross. They're like, oh, so nice to meet you. And I'm like, okay, you don't have to rub me, you know, yeah. or touch me or they... They'll just be too touchy feely. Nothing like I've never gotten a sneeze on, thank God. But some guys like they'll have sweaty armpits, and then I'm I'm taking a picture with them, and they're taller than me, and their sweaty armpit is rubbing up on my shoulder. The worst. And they're not even aware that they have a sweaty armpit or that their sweaty armpit is landing on my body. Ooh, nasty! You should charge them double for that. Yes, I usually kick those guys in the balls. That's Holy shit! You get Your whole shirt is gonna stink like an armpit. Like you're gonna keep smelling that all it's night. It's disgusting. Every oh. every once in a while, you're gonna get a whiff of that. Like you'll be partying with your friends or whatever. And you're like every once in a while, you're like, ah, it's gonna stink. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say that's probably what happens more often than a sneeze. Oh my god! I was gonna ask you, like, how often do you get hit on at your shows? Like, there's a guy. Like the guy who thinks like I'm going to Esther Koo show and I'm gonna just talk to her and she's gonna come home with me. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it never happens those- to us at a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Well, you know I'm what? Married. At com- at comedy shows, most of the audiences are couples. Oh, good. You know? And yeah. most of like there's not there's not a ton of like single guys going to comedy shows as a group. Um, right. First, first of all, so I feel it doesn't happen as often as you might think. And Hmm. um, maybe some couples might hit on me and invite me over to their hot tub or something. Oh, right. right. Yeah. Weirdos, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I got a hot tub. Well, so does everybody. It's Florida. It's Florida. Or, Or sometimes girls will be all like, Hey, that never happens. Girls are savages, man. Girls are worse yeah, than dudes. Yeah, especially especially drunk girls. You know, like they get yeah. out of control. Whereas, like guys, um, you know, I think they're more like intimidated, or they kind of are scared, or they'll message me. I saw you at your show, but I was scared to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'll be like, good. It sounds like you got a sweaty armpit, anyway. Yeah, it was sweaty <laughs> armpit bastard. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Esther! If you could meet anybody, any comedian, alive or dead, who would it be? Joan Rivers. Oh, oh nice choice. Nice, yeah. awesome. Oh, dude, that's a great answer. I read, I read all her books, mm-hmm. and she was very funny, and she didn't give a fuck, and so witty. She gave zero fucks. Yeah, yeah. she's awesome. Yeah, she just ripped on people, you know? Like, yeah. I enjoy that with no apologies. Like, everybody 
everybody wants to apologize because they want to get hired. I'm like, I'm fine being unemployed. Sure. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. She was at a she was at a place in her in her like career where she had made enough money. She had fuck you money. She didn't have to worry about getting hired or fired or whatever. She was in a good, in a good position. That was awesome. Yeah, and that was before like cancel culture and everything. So right. she kind mm-hmm. of she kind of made her exit at the right time. Mm-hmm. Mm, true that. Esther, can can I ask one question? I I really want to know. This, this is one of my favorite qu- questions for any comedian. Um, biggest heckler takedown. Oh, that's a good one. Good question, actually, Tom. Yeah, Tom. Yeah. Tom. No, 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 no. Any comedian, I, I, I fucking live for this shit. But like, go. Well, one time there was a guy in the front row at my show who was who kept taking phone calls, and he must have oh. been like a drug dealer or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, why are you? Why do you need to answer the phone during a live performance? So I took his phone. And I put it on speakerphone and I talked to whoever he was talking to and basically told him that his friend is an asshole and nice. uh, to get your nice. drugs somewhere else. And I took his phone away from him as if I was a, a teacher or something. And wow. it just felt good because he was in the front row. So I was able to grab it. Whereas if you hear a fo- cell phone in the back, you can't even find it. So right. I, I, sometimes you have to kind of assert that authority. Did did you curb sound that shit? Did you uh, fucking throw it down and be like, boo, 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 boo? No. Oh, I mean, I just, he was just a drunk asshole. I, I just put it on the stool and, you know, okay. everybody was like just cheering because, you know, everybody hates him. He's interrupting the freaking show. They all to, take, to take that away, uh, everybody was just like on my side automatically. So. Okay. 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 <clears throat> Fair enough. Sounds good. Sounds good. Esther, I, I think we should probably finish up. It's probably like what noon for you now. <laughs> uh, it's like what one o'clock over here. Oh my god, um, Esther. Um, before we say sayonara, is there anything that you like to plug? Um, well, you could go to my website. It's estherku.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, on YouTube. All my links are on my website. Sign up for my email list so that you know when I'm going to be in Tokyo. Hell yeah! All right, awesome. Any final questions, gents? I want to say to yeah. All right, I'm going to ask Esther. Like, what is your favorite food? Period. I I know, like, like. Everyone likes like Japanese food, but like, what's your favorite food of all time? You know, I love eating um, Korean barbecue. All right, yakiniku. Uh, I'm sure you guys have a lot of Korean barbecue restaurants there, right? We do right, yakiniku yeah. is what we call it. Yeah, they're very yeah. good. They're very excellent. Like ah, oh, karubi is very good. Kalbi. I like eating. Yeah, I eat the kalbi. It's like the short ribs yeah. and. Um, the meat is they put brown sugar in it. It's just so, it's just so um, sweet. And yeah. then eat that with rice and kimchi is like my favorite thing to eat. Nice. So it's hard. It's you know it's like people in California they're all vegan and vegetarian, but I mean it's just so hard when you like have this delicious meat that right. you know of. Right? It's so hard not to eat meat. So Esther, you're so punk rock. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I do like eating vegan food too and being healthy and stuff, but but I just can't, 
I just can't help it. It tastes so good. It does. It really does. Knock, knock all that salad off my plate and make room for bacon and more Calbee. True that. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of like <laughs> keto diet, you know? Yeah. Awesome. So if you haven't had Calbee, they usually spell it with a G or a K at a mm. Korean restaurant. Definitely try it out. And bulgogi as well. Yeah, bulgogi. It's uh, I actually never eat bulgogi. It's really it's yeah fantastic. because I always because I always order kalbi. It's just so much mm. better. Like it's like that thicker uh, meat. Bibimbap. I like my do. meat. How about, how about bibimbap? <laughs> um, bibimbap is good too, but I don't know. I just whenever I'm at a Korean restaurant, I just always get the kalbi. Kalbi. Get the thick cut. In Japan, they have the thin cut and they have the thick cut. Always go yeah. thick. Thick, always, always, always go, go thick. thick. You just can't go wrong with thick. No. Right, Tom? Huh? You know what I'm saying? Thick one, right? Yeah, Tommy. You know. <laughs> 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 just keeping you awake, Tom. Esther, thank you so much for being on Got Faded Japan. It's it's an absolute pleasure having you here. We're we're so happy. And um, yeah, guys, thank you so much for staying up really late and doing this. You guys all good? Yeah, I'm good, man. Thanks. Thanks, Esther. Yeah, thanks for having me and thanks for staying up late. I'm, I know the time difference is uh, funky, so uh, I appreciate yeah. you accommodating to my schedule. No, sure. anything for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Bye, Esther. Bye. See you later. Thanks. Esther, thank you. Lovely to meet you. OMG, Faders. Oh, dude, that was one epic interview. I gotta say, um, we've had a lot of interviews, and uh, this one is probably in the top five. That was just incredible. Um, we've all been fans of Esther Koo for such a long time. It is so great to finally have her on this show. Oh my gosh, that was, that was so much fun. Wasn't that a fun interview? That was great. I mean, thank God we got this whole thing recorded, because tomorrow, Tommy, when he wakes up, he's gonna hear this, and he's gonna be like, oh my God. I think I was funny. Was I funny? I'm like, no, Tom, you're kind of a dumbass. <laughs> you drunk bastard. But we love you so much. We love you from the bottom of our heart. And um, gosh, dude, speaking of the bottom of my heart, thank you, Esther, once again for being on the show. Oh my gosh, that was great. Um, faders, if this is your first time hearing of Esther Koo, um, definitely go into the show notes and click on one of her links. In fact, click on all of her links. She is hysterical. She is hysterical. She will tickle your funny bone until there's no funny bone left. I mean, she is that good. And if you have the opportunity to see her on stage, definitely do that too. And hopefully after this corona situation is over, she'll be here in Tokyo. That would be so incredible. And um, yeah, we'll do anything and everything we can get her here on stage. That'd be awesome. Well, faders, uh, without further ado, let's wrap this bitch up, the show. And... Um, <laughs> You can't land all the jokes. You can't land all the jokes. Yep, yep. Johnny Bombs, Johnny Bombs. That's why I'm not a stand-up com comedian. I, I was thinking about it for a while. I was like, you know, I do a lot of comedy, you know, with the podcast and all this other dumbass shit that I do. Maybe I could do stand-up. But you know what? I, I really don't think I can handle a bomb. You know, being on a podcast, a comedy podcast, and saying a lot of funny shit, you know, I mean, if I bomb, nobody, like, laughs at me. Well, I guess they don't laugh when you bomb. That's the thing. Well... A negative laugh, like, ha ha, you suck, fucker. You know, you don't get any of that, you know? And if you do, you don't hear it because here we are, we're just in a little studio doing our shit. So um, I, I can handle, I can handle doing a podcast, but there's no way 
that I could be on stage. I'm not brave enough to be on stage. I don't have the courage that Esther Koo has. I don't have I don't have the balls that Burt Kreischer has. I don't have the guts or the liver that <laughs> the one and only Doug Stanhope has. I don't have any of that. So there's no way I could do this show on a stage. Although I think I have once or twice, but I was really fucking drunk, so I don't remember it really well. <laughs> anyway, faders, thank you very much for tuning into this very special episode of Got Fitted Japan. And if you got a couple of bucks, sign up for the Patreon page. Just a couple of bucks. A couple of bucks. Only cost you $5. Sign up for the Got Fitted Japan Patreon page. And uh, yes, you get the keys to the city. In fact, this episode's video is on the Patreon page. If you sign up, you can see the hilarious and lovely and strikingly beautiful Esther Koo in action doing our podcast. So that's just, you know, some more incentive to sign up for the Patreon page if you got a couple of bucks. And if you don't have any money, don't worry about it because you can go to our Instagram page and our Facebook page. we got tons of content there. If you sign up to that and stuff, that's fantastic. And give us some likes. And if you really, 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 really want to help us out but you got no money... Go to the iTunes page and write a five-star review and write something groovy. Yeah, just punch that shit. Just be punch, 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 punch. Five stars right there. Knockout. Oh, man, that'd be fantastic. If everybody did that, we'd have like one billion, trillion, quadrillion. No, we probably have zero. We'd have zero comments. (laughs) Once again, I bombed. I'm bombing. It's time to drop the mic and get off the stage. Faders, thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Peace. My little brother, a goddamn shit sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Cow, the pressure! I can't take it! I can't take it! I can't you sure I should use me? We're going freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked it down. Your move, creep. Oh, man, I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is a fucked up Republican shit. Yeah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.